Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. And, or my journals out loud, I should say, as not referring to myself in the third person. But uh, today, as you saw from the title, uh, I am going to attempt to have a brutally honest conversation. And uh, I was having, you know, all these ideas and thoughts this morning in the journal. And then uh, I was talking to you the way I always do in my head out, out loud, actually, in the real world, because I live alone. I talk to myself quite a bit. But having these, you know, podcasts out loud before I actually record them, going on and on and on, trying to figure out how to organize and present this, starting to cook my breakfast when I heard this unbelievable screaming I ran outside and we were having a huge, dangerous, almost life and death crisis with the dogs. So I'm going to leave you with that because I'm going to ask you if you're new, the next three minutes are all about if you like it, you are probably a wired for danger person. If you don't like it, just skip ahead and I will see you three minutes on the other side. Tell me why. It's a brand new day, and I am so glad you're here. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. I draw on them to bring you a podcast focusing on those of us who are wired for danger in both the fight and the fallout, because my heart and mission is to serve you in yours and what I know to be true as a wired for danger human. The quest for meaning is Without a mission we are willing to die for, there is no purpose or meaning to live for. We are not special, but necessary. Our lives are often hard, and they rarely end well. But even knowing all of this, we just can't not do what we were born to do, because we can't stop being who we were born to be. If you are new, I hope you'll listen and see if any of this rings true. And if so, you are not alone. And with that, we are so glad you're here. I've been looking for a place that I'd rather be. I've been searching for my own destiny. I raise my gun to the sky and scream out loud. This is my life. This is my hope. This is what for now is the time to let it all 
Okay, we are back. And uh, I don't even know how to organize all this because I have so much I wanted to say and I wasn't counting on this crisis moment that I just engaged in. And uh, But I think it does a really good job illustrating what I put in the title and probably a better way to describe the bigger process behind the event itself. And that's when you, uh, what I said, you know, all the world's a stage, right? That's what uh, William Shakespeare, whoever that was, said. And we are merely players. But I think one of the great tragedies is what happens when we are cast in the wrong role. When we're playing a part out in the world that does not play to our strengths, that that is really sad and really frustrating. And and that really speaks to how I've been feeling. I'm going to adjust the microphone, sorry. Uh, both this morning and kind of in general uh, for a long time. And, you know, I am trying to focus myself and how to move forward in a coherent way, accomplishing uh, what I would like to do as my play, my role in the play in the great stage of life versus the reality of what's going on with me on a day-to-day basis. And then as I thought more about it, I thought, you know, it's probably not just me that's having this experience, right? Because there's who we want to be, there's who we are, uh, and then there's in many ways the great chasm that's in the middle. And you know, this all started with me, you know, getting up to go walk the dogs thinking, you know, I wish I had a wife. And then I thought, I wonder what life would be like if I had a wife, meaning I didn't have to do all the food and cleaning and laundry and dogs and shopping and just everything that's related to home, everything that's related to the relationships, uh, while at the same time having all these health issues that need my time and energy attention. And then I thought, you know, health, home, and relationships is kind of women's area. I want to be focused on function. I want to work. I want to do art. I want to do all this other stuff that isn't health, home, and relationships, but all my time and energy gets sucked up into this. And then I thought, well, did it used to be this way? And I like, no, I used to have a full-time job. I used to be able to get all this stuff done. So this is more for me, I don't know about you guys, an issue of I have less energy, so therefore I have less time to accomplish everything. But most of the people my age are already very successful And part of being successful is to hire out all these things. Someone comes in and cleans your house. Uh, You might eat out or buy food that's already prepared. Uh, You sure are not dragging your water bottles over and collecting water. Uh, You know, 99% of what I do with my energy is to try to meet the basic needs of health, home, and relationships. And I can't even have relationships because I don't even have the energy past taking care of the two dogs, right? And so I thought, no, it's not that I need a wife. I either need more energy or I need to figure out a better way to do this. 
But then the third thing I was thinking of is part of where I think I'm making my mistakes with you all is I'm trying to talk about the end of the day and most of us are still struggling to get the beginning of the day's chores and activities completed. And what I mean by that is we'll just relate it to health. So a lot of us have health problems. The reality isn't that we don't know we have a problem or we don't know there's things that can fix it or make it better. The reality is, is that we can't do everything. We can't clean up the air. We can't clean up the soil. Uh, I was telling somebody, you know, when I was in Yuma, I was driving down a major road and right, you know, 25 yards from the road, organic farm, right? So we think we're buying organic, but that those plants are sucking up the exhaust. So, you know, we, we can do the best that we can. We can try to exercise. We can do diet. We can do protocols. We can try to become healthier. But most of these things are out of our hands. There's a lot we just can't do. There's a lot of damage that occurred when we were younger that we can't undo. And I was feeling very overwhelmed and frustrated and depressed the other day about how much I can't do. And because I can't do all those things, I'm really, really tired. And, you know, the number one thing that I've noticed when I tell women, you know, I want to be a girl, right? I'd like to have more feminine. They all say, yeah, I wish I could too. But because we're tired, we're overwhelmed, there's just too much to do. So there's the idea of who we want to be, what we want to do with our time and energy. And then there's the reality. And and that's applied to what's going on outside in the world, right? Like, I don't want nuclear war. I don't know anybody that does. But most of us feel helpless to stop it. And the reality is, is there's a lot we could do. But we're overwhelmed with what we have to do to just take care of ourselves in our own way. And in the same way that if I was born, uh, you know, blind, or if I was in a car accident and I was in a wheelchair, right, we could complain all day long about everything that is too hard, too much. Uh, And the reality is, is some things just aren't fixable. And so my question to myself was, okay, how do we go on? How do we make peace with the things that we don't want, which you've heard me talk about, uh, so that we stop zapping all of our energy away from the things that we do want? But the reality is, is most of us are just too tired or too overwhelmed to even do that. And I don't have an answer for that, but I wanted to express that as an idea because that's just a reality. There's so much happening. Uh, most of us aren't getting, uh, you know, younger, stronger. Uh, you know, there's a lot of letting go that occurs in the second half of life. You know, the first half we're kind of building up. Second half we're letting go. Letting go is hard work. Letting go is exhausting, if not physically, mentally, and emotionally, and even spiritually. There's a lot going on in the normal world without these constant conversations about uh, is the dollar going to die are they going to turn on digital currency and wipe out our bank accounts Uh, are they going to blow up the nuclear plant so that we escalate into 
you know, absolute destruction of nuclear war? Uh, are the, is the border going to stay open and then we're going to have riots like we see in France? Uh, you know, it's just an endless, endless, endless conversation. And then yesterday, uh, I didn't, I hadn't looked at the video. I saw the headline about the lizard, the lady seeing the lizard people. And that captures our attention, right? We want to talk about lizard people or lizard people real because it doesn't require anything of us and it doesn't feel like we're responsible for it. But uh, I was listening to, and this will trigger everybody, David Ike and Alex Jones discussing all of this and how they're both moving in the same direction. They have different filters. You know, one's a Christian filter, one's a more uh, global generic version filter. Uh, they'll both say things like love is the answer, but there's like zero love emanating off of either one of them. And so there's all this idea, there's all this information, there's all these different places that, you know, because I'm like, well, that's where the feminine comes in. You know, we need to be processing and expressing and holding on to the energy of love to anchor it in the world. But how am I supposed to do that? Because I'm too tired and I'm ready to cry because I am have all this stuff in me that I want to get out, but I can't get it out. And then I barely put it out. And, uh, you know, first there's the, the uh, those of you who listen, especially those of you here on the podcast who put out the, the positive uh, the helpful comments, the insightful comments, uh, and then come, you know, the stupid comments. And if you expose any vulnerability as a woman, you know, weak men attack you. Uh, if you expose any strength as a man, angry women attack you. And I'm like, how are we ever going to move forward when there's no room to have a conversation without being attacked but at the same time, you know, everybody I know is overwhelmed and tired and struggling just to get the basics done. And the problems are so much bigger. And then I'm coming in and saying, well, let's just do more. Let's write in a journal. Let's do all these other things. And so I'm just as much of the problem as everybody else. So that's, you know, was part of the conversation that was in my head uh, prior as I was cooking breakfast this morning. I hear screaming like really bad screaming and I'm not sure what it is and then you know how you hear something and it registers I think that's the dogs because I had the dogs out in the pen over there and so good news is I can sort of still run uh, you know my leg is so bad I can barely walk so I guess in a crisis I can move faster than a shuffle and so, you know, I ran over as best running as I can call that. Uh, you know, I go into the pen where they're at. I thought they were trying to kill a cat because there was a cat that was in there yesterday. And they were clustered. And I thought, oh, God, they've got a cat down there they're trying to kill. So I'm running in to go take care of them. What's happening? And once I get there, you know, I drop down and I see, well, it's not a cat. They have... Uh, I've put their collars on backwards, and one of them's a soft collar, one of them's a leather collar. Well, the boy dog likes to pull on the collar. Somehow he's gotten, I put the soft collar on the girl dog, Nylon. He's got it twisted so that his lower jaw is locked up from the collar, and the girl dog can't breathe. And there's blood everywhere, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what's happening. And it's too tight, like I can't pull it back and unhook, you know, from the, the pin 
there's there's no room and so I like okay and I pull real hard just real quickly to see if I can give enough to get because it's only like maybe a quart less than a quarter of an inch but there was no room to even do that and luckily somebody else came out and I said I need a knife you know I'm screaming I need a knife I need a knife uh, and that person brought me a knife and because it was a soft collar uh, I was able to cut the collar it was so funny it would look like a steak knife I'm thinking in my head like that is not going to cut this collar and it cut the collar beautifully so uh, it was I got them undone I got them pulled apart uh, there was blood I'm still wearing the blood I haven't washed myself off yet but everybody was okay and right now you know we're sitting inside up here they're laying on top of each other so there's no hard feelings no hurt feelings right they were in a lot of pain together but they're able to resolve their issues uh, unlike we as humans who would be engaged in a lot of pointing fingers and blame and at the end it was really my responsibility but I came back, you know, I took a breath, finished making my breakfast, came up here to eat while I was uh, listening to other people talk about problems out in the world that I can't solve or fix. And, you know, before this happened, like I said, I was going to have a conversation just about the frustration, about what I'm feeling, what everybody's feeling. How do we make decisions about what to do? How are we going to have conversations when we're so busy attacking each other for any sign of weakness not me us here but the majority of the people there's no room or you know I don't want to think about it or all these things and then I was thinking about what just happened because I'm looking at them and they're still dirty and I still have blood and I'm like what really needs to happen right now is they need to be cleaned up uh, cleaned off uh, I need to be cleaned up and cleaned off uh, and I'm just tired and I don't want to and but I was also thinking you know this is what I'm talking about I was able to run over there stay very focused and solve the problem I was able to keep them calm they trusted me which was a beautiful thing they trusted me to take care of them so normally I don't if you've never seen dogs in pain they get very aggressive uh, which makes it really difficult to help an animal when it's in pain as they tar they start attacking you. But they just relaxed in this horrible, <laughs> terrible uh, situation and let me take care of them. Uh, and I was able to stay focused and not hysterical so I could take care of them. And in that moment, and I only am observing this afterwards, that in that moment of crisis, right, because one of them is bleeding the other one is choking can't breathe right had that gone on much longer you know she the girl dog would be dead so i am focusing on you know how do i fix this i'm able to block all that out right how do i fix this that is what i'm talking about when i say you're wired for danger right i'm not standing and hysterical watching what's happening because i can't calm myself down uh, i'm not passing out because I'm freeze because I can't see blood or whatever right but that tiny moment is when I have these ahas saying this is what I was born wired to do and that's a huge adrenaline rush but because of the way my brain is the adrenaline rush doesn't overwhelm me it focuses me you know when you're most 
wired for danger people, there's that adrenaline junkie joke because we are under-functioning. And that's what that ADHD brain, it's under-functioning in many ways. The adrenaline pulls you back up to normal for other people. Whereas another person's, a normal person's brain gets flooded with adrenaline and they get shaky, right? It's like taking too much caffeine. You get anxiety, you get can't focus, you're shaking. So our adrenaline focuses us into being functional. Somebody else's brain and body over stimulates and can't focus. We are all born for very different things. And now, because that peak moment has passed, you know, the adrenaline bottoms out. And so I'm tired because I, I had that great push, that great rush, and now I'm having the tiny crash because it didn't go on for a long time. You know, the recovery will be quickly. When you have, you know, 48 hours of adrenaline, the crash takes a lot longer to recover from. But as I was sitting here, kind of crashed, I'm like, well, this is why we have other people who are calm in the the aftermath. So the flight person or the freeze person, you know, is the the person that says, now I can take the dog, I can clean it up and, uh, you know, put a bandage on or whatever, right? So we have the crisis person that that takes care of the immediate problem. Uh, Then we have people who want to be part of the the longer term process, right? And then we have people who, uh, how, okay, how do I solve that problem? How do, and you know, okay, I can't obviously put that collar back on. Like, how do I make this not happen again? We're all built for participating in the world in a positive way. But we attack weakness when it's our vulnerability. So one of the reasons you hear me switching to talking about women is I had this awareness that, you know, out in the world, most wired for danger people are men. Wired for danger women are underrepresented and we most women won't think about themselves. And I had listened to a podcast on women and ADHD and a lot of wired for danger Women are and men are ADHD brains because that's that adrenaline. We do better with a lot of adrenaline than other people. But the statistics around women versus men with ADHD were just devastating. And one of them is, is the older you get, the worse it gets. Where most men, boys grow out of their ADHD or it becomes less of an issue. Or, you know, they grow into roles where they're, the authority and they have all kinds of other people, you know, like Elon Musk or whatever to go, you can have the idea, but there's all kinds of people that come in and take care of those things for you, right? Most women struggle because we still have to do all the home, the health, the relationship stuff on top of having these brains that are in overdrive and that are full of ideas and full of really important things, but we can't get to them, whether it's art, whether it's a health, whether it's teaching, whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be in the girl categories. We're just tired. And the older we get, the more tired we get, and the less we can get done, and the more frustrated we do. And then I'm like, great. And so then the symptomology becomes worse. And it's a nightmare, because we're all born 
with these very specific strengths that if we understood them and we stopped attacking each other for what we're not instead of being grateful for what we are, just imagine what a different world will be. And what I had just forgot and didn't complete the thought is, you know, most wired for danger women aren't in the warrior class, right? But I had this epiphany not too long ago based on some personal experiences here and reflecting back over my career as a wired for danger person. I was in the crisis, the trauma and the, you know, that kind of thing that there was very little respect for me when I was that role in the healthcare industry. But as I've been trying to talk about this idea with other people, the women are connecting with it, the men are not. And I just had this moment where I'm like, the men who are wired for danger are never going to respect me. They might pseudo listen, but it is universally my observation at this point, pretty much getting dismissed. And part of that is the way the male brain works. It's very hierarchical. It's very much in a constant place of shifting one above the other, right? And trying to make sense in their world and their way. And women don't fit into that. And where we fit isn't a place I can be and still gain the kind of respect that I would need in order to be helpful and make a difference. And so I finally sort of had some acceptance around the fact that the men who are wired for danger are never going to respect me. I need to let them go. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to step back and I'm going to rethink about how all this works after I kind of sorted out how I felt about all of that. But everybody I know that's a woman is overwhelmed and can't hardly get their basic stuff done. And now I'm coming in and asking people maybe to do more, to care about something that they don't care about, to look out into the future and care about something that doesn't feel important. But we can laugh about lizard people, right? But we have a timeout where we can look at lizard people. And as I was listening to the lizard people conversation, you know, between Alex Jones and David Icke, right? And so David Icke, talks about it in a much more comprehensive way about frequency and uh, how we are being asked where the, the veil is dropping, right? We're shifting. Uh, we're seeing things that weren't necessarily there before that we could see. Like everything's changing. The, the frequencies are changing. The ma magnetics are changing. Uh, and I have all the information he has and more. But I can't write books. I can't go do all these things. I can tell you more probably about it all than him because I actually knew about that stuff before he did. He's older than me. He started in the 1990. I knew about all that stuff in the 80s, but I would never dare talk about it because there's no way to have the lizard people conversation and not sound crazy, right? And, you know, I'm, again, this is where I'm getting incoherent because it's like, 
I, I don't know what to do because I have all this stuff in me. And I'm like every other woman I know. I'm just too tired. I'm too overwhelmed. And I'm too busy taking care of just the, the dogs, the home, the health, right? Cooking, cleaning, laundry. I can't get that stuff done. I mean, this is my complaint about where I'm at right now. I can't get the basics done. And, you know, this winter, I was just living in the truck. And so I had more time because there was less stuff to take care of but only because I could go to the store, right? I, what happens when the store's gone, right? And we're back to having to, you know, gather our food from other places. So the luxury of sitting around thinking about things, the luxury of being creative artistically, all of this stuff is sort of built on the back of civilization. And as civilization goes, will all this other stuff go? And so, again... Moving into incoherence. So all of these things are fluttering around in me. You know, I'm having all of these massive conversations with you while I'm doing my chores. While I'm, you know, cleaning and cooking and dishes and walking dogs and cleaning dogs. And, uh, you know, I come and I sit down to do this podcast and I can't find the microphone and then I can't find the little thingy that goes over the microphone to muffle it a little bit and then I waste all this time looking for it because my ADHD is worse than it's ever been and I can't find anything and I spend like I was uh I made uh, I bought went to the store yesterday so I had clean uh divided up the hamburger I bought and somehow a piece of hamburger ended up in the front of the house and so I go to pick it up, I drop it, somehow it disappears. This is such an ADHD thing, right? So then I'm spending the next five minutes looking for some piece of hamburger that shouldn't disappear because there's just a little tiny drop zone, right? I mean, it goes from my hand to the ground. How did I just lose it? Well, I don't want to leave it on the ground because it's a piece of rotten meat, right? And so I find it, somehow it's like bounced off of something and ended up way past the perimeter of where it should be. You know, logic says it should be you know, in this space, but like, this is my energy, my time getting wasted and sucked up with all these things that are wrong with me. Technically I could fix, but I don't have the time and the energy or the money or the space or the capacity to fix everything that's wrong with me so that I can function in a way in the world that will make the world a better place. So it all dies in my journal. And <laughs> And and yet, you know, I don't have the luxury of letting it die in my journal. I still have to do something. I don't have, you know, eight people that are supporting me, uh, you know, with all my girl duties and all my boy duties that allow me to, you know, sit in the back and create art while all my needs are taken care of. You know, that's the the frustration I think so many women know and understand. And, you know, we do live in a culture and in a world where you can buy all those pieces to help supplement your efforts. And when you're younger, you know, usually you have the energy to do all those things. But as we get older, we have to pick and choose what we want to focus on. And, What I'm finding, and this is where I'm kind of pulling it all back, 
is I'm having to focus on the things I wasn't built to do in the world, which take me infinitely more time and energy than somebody else that was. I was built to jump into the crisis and to solve that problem. And then I would crash, right? But because there was other people in the world, I don't have to do everything. But because there's not, I have to do the crash. So I have to do the crisis. Then I have to wait for the crash period to pass. Then I have to take the time to fix up and clean, right? And then I'm spent for the day. And I have to wait and start all over again. And this is our reality, And just because we can solve a problem doesn't mean the problem can be solved. And just because the world has answers in it, it doesn't mean the answers are going to make everything okay. Because we live in an imperfect body, in an imperfect life, in an imperfect world. And it is like a play, right? There's there's acts, there's other characters, there's the unexpected. And in an ideal world, we would play the part we were born to. And some people get to do that. And most of us are trying to just figure out what to do and how to be when we can't just stay in that one tiny role, that one tiny way that we are the best for the world and for ourselves. And that's really sad and very tragic and very real. So when I say I'm having a brutal conversation with you, it really is. Like I am so frustrated and I'm so tired of being tired and I'm still researching ways and I'm like, okay, that's probably one of the reasons I'm tired, but I can't fix it because it's out of my arena. I can't do all of the things I need to do to fix it. But even if I could, I still can't make the air be clear or the soil be good or the water be non-toxic, right? I still can't control what the politician. And so we're in this moment of just overwhelming frustration. And that in itself is very fatiguing. And so it's much easier to just tune out, to disassociate, to freeze up, to just watch TV, to just watch videos, to watch videos and to tell other people why they're wrong or why they're failing or, or shaming or humiliating other people. It's so much easier to just give up. And yet, how can we? The essence of the wired for danger is I can't quit. I can't do the hard, I can't stop. I can't not do the hard thing. I can't not take the hard road. I can't not keep trying. Even though I want to check out, I just can't. So this is kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, And the only reason I'm sharing all this is because for the women who understand this, you understand this. For everybody else, I have no idea what you're hearing. And the thing that makes me the saddest is that what we most need to hear, 
we can't because we've got so many other things going on and so much of all the other things going on are not what we were born to come in the world to be and to do. But all of that stuff needs to get done, right? I can't not feed us. I can't not do the dishes. I mean, I know some people live that way. I can't stop functioning even when I'm tired, right? If I only have a tiny bit of energy, it's feeding us, it's taking care of them, it's cleaning up enough to get through the day. And if that's all the energy I have, that's all the energy I have. I mean, we're just all doing the best we can and it never feels like it's good enough. And some people have no awareness and take it upon themselves to shame, humiliate, and attack. And that is such a sign of sad, weak insecurity. And, you know, my blessing is that especially the people over here on the podcast, uh, you would not be here with me if you were like that. So I'm not talking about you. Uh, I'm not talking about the people who pretty much comment in the first 24 hours on the video. But then there, eventually there comes the drive-by people, the people who have nothing to do but to sit around and watch videos that have nothing to do with them and feel the need to, to comment out in a world in which nobody cares what they think. I mean, that's how sad people's lives are. And yet those very people were born with something very important to contribute to the world. But they will never find that role they were born to play. And none of us will ever find or even be allowed to be in that role we were born to play if we're focused on all the things that don't really matter and if we don't find a way to come together to take care of the things that do. You know, one of the aha moments uh, that we've learned, you know, from women moving through the last several decades of, of, you know, trying to have it all, the Charlie commercials, you can have it all, right? I can bring home the bacon and uh, cook it up also. The power of that isn't that women failed. The power of that is having the experience to understand that nobody can have it all. You know, men can't do everything and women can't do everything. And the beautiful reality that when we work together, it, it gets better. Instead of attacking each other for trying to understand that about ourselves. Right? Not making so if a woman says you're right, I can't have it all. The 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 insecure person says, "See, I told you so. You need me, and because uh, and now I'm just going to say f you, right? I'm going to MGTOW it through. Or a man is going to say, you know what? This is overwhelming. I I can't do it all. And the angry woman is like, you know, well, you're a loser or whatever we do. Like we attack. Are the weakness in another for the weakness in ourselves. But how do we move forward if we can't admit we're tired? We can't admit we're overwhelmed. If we're not allowed to say, uh, I need help, or we're not allowed to be vulnerable in a public way so that we can open the conversation to that vulnerability instead of attacking it and shutting it down. 
I mean, these are just real things that are happening to all of us. It doesn't have anything to do with me. I am only expressing the realities of what's going on for all of us. And I find that helpful. I like it when other people share because it helps me feel not crazy. Like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way, right? Because the people who tend to be loudest are the ones that are either super aggressive about being right or they're super insecure about why you're wrong. And neither one of those stances allows for the kind of conversation that says neither Alex Jones or David Icke is 100% right about everything. There's more to the story. And women need to be part of that conversation because we look at, at it differently. And neither one of those men who are extremely successful out in the world know more They just are able to do more than me. And that is so frustrating for me. And when I say those kinds of things out loud, we don't like women to say that kind of thing. Uh, We say, well, you're being egotistical or uh, pompous or all these other things. And, you know, both men and women will shut down if I say those kinds of things. To say something from that kind of perspective, we don't like it when women do that because men like to be hierarchical and women like to be, uh, what's the word I want? We don't like it when other women speak from a place of strength. It makes us uncomfortable. So, you know, my takeaway from all of this, if anybody's even here, because I'm now moving into the wildly incoherent, is that we're in this terrible, terrible place of There's too much to know. There's too much to do. Nobody has enough energy to get it all done. Everybody's trying to focus on what's important to them. It's all important. We can't do everything. We can't have it all. We can't make all the changes to make all of this okay. And it's this huge soup that's sucking the life force out of all of us. And yet... In, this, in the five minutes that I had, looking at the dogs, sorting out what was going on, figuring out what to do, doing that, and then having them both set free and be okay, I'm like, this is why I'm like this. I can't do it all day every day, and it, you only need it when you need it. But to have those pure moments, which I haven't had for a very long time because I don't have a lot of crisis, you know, like that, thank God, right? I mean, I'm not doing crisis work, so I don't have that kind of stuff happen anymore. But to have that tiny moment as a reminder that my brain and body were wired for this kind of thing was just like, this is what I'm trying to talk about. This is what I'm saying. We're all born for something in this world. And when we can understand it about ourselves, maybe we can just honor that. Maybe we can invest in that. Maybe we can acknowledge that and be happy that we're all born very differently. Instead of trying to make everybody else wrong, trying to make everybody agree with us, can we just find that thing? What is the role we are meant to play in this world 
And then just do that to our very best. And that's the conversation I've been trying to have with myself. How do I play the role I know I was born for in this world and to do my best? And I don't know because I am exhausted all the time. There's just certain things that are wrong with me. They're not getting any better. I doubt they ever will. And those are my limitations. And I can't quit trying. I can't give up. That's the wired for danger. I can't quit. I can keep failing, but I can't quit. And all of us have a different way to be in the world. And we're born for it. And it's good. And if we could focus on that, instead of trying to tear each other apart, or overwhelm ourselves with too much to do, What would our world become? Who would we become? How would we feel in that kind of situation? I don't know because I've never seen it happen. You know, the reason I like crisis so much is that everything strips away and it becomes a pure moment. There's no BS. There's no hierarchy. There's no ego. Everything strips away. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I've never experienced that outside of a crisis. And I don't want to live in a crisis, right? I mean, that's fabulous every once in a while. But if you live your life there, it will kill you. You cannot be in high adrenaline mode all the time. But it taught me what life could be. And I would rather be alone uh, than, than be participating in the versions of that that usually happen with people and problem solving and interacting. But it's possible. And that's why I can't give up. So this is me going on for quite some time. Uh, the day is passing. The heat is coming. There's still 8 million things I haven't done. I still need to get the dogs cleaned up. I still need to get the blood off of me. <sighs> but I wanted to capture that crisis moment while it was still clear because it just reminded me all of us are born to be something and to do something in this world that we're wired for something in this world and a way to be and a way to contribute and if we can just focus on that and not make each other wrong you know that that male wire for dangers don't have to make me wrong because I'm a woman that's wired maybe the way they are, but because they feel whatever. I just if we could get away from all that and stop focusing on what we don't like and stop pointing fingers at where we're failing and attacking vulnerabilities, what would our world be? And I don't anticipate it happening. I do and. I do believe, though, that one by one we can have these conversations, even in relationship to the lizard people, because I actually know quite a bit about that. I would never I've never talked about it, but maybe we will here shortly. Maybe I'll put a lizard people they're not people, lizard, whatever, uh, reptilians or whatever you want to call them, entities, lizard entities, reptilian entities. Maybe if we talk, put that in the, the uh, title, maybe more people will tune in. I don't know. But today, it was just a brutally honest conversation. And that the world is all a stage. And what would our life be like if we were cast in the role we were born to play?
I think I almost made a rhyme there. So deep breath, my friends, and I will hopefully see you next time.